0: Uh, the title I have today is God Has a Plan. There it is. And we want to begin looking at uh, Acts chapter 13, 1 through 4. Uh, and note, this is the beginning of the Apostle Paul's first missionary journey. A very significant time. So Acts 13, 1, it says, Now there were at Antioch in the church that was there prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, which later becomes Paul. When we say Saul, we mean Paul. So, this is key. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. They sent them away. Then In verse 4, it says, so being sent out by the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want you to see in this passage here. Is number one, the Holy Spirit initiated this plan. Okay? This was not their clever plan. It was right from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, it says in verse 4, sent them out. Then in Acts 14, we have one more verse. This is now... It's, it's a, a head here of where we just read. And so this is the end of Paul's first missionary journey. And I want you to note the, the phrase, a door of faith. Acts 14:27. When they had arrived and gathered the church together, they began to report all things that God had done with them and how they had opened, how he, sorry, God had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. So, we thank God for the reading of His word. Uh, These words are true, and these words have significant meaning. So, the believers in Antioch, that's where they were, they were just faithfully serving the Lord. It says that they were uh, ministering and fasting unto the Lord. And in the middle of that, while, that's a key word, while, God suddenly reveals part of His plan. And I say part because he didn't give very many details, at least that are written down. He just basically said, I want Barnabas and Paul to be set aside, and then he sent them out into the mission field. So not a whole lot of details there. So this mission that we're reading about, it ends up being a two-year journey into Asia Minor, which today is called, does anybody know? Turkey. Awesome. Good job. Um, So it's through Turkey, and it was a two-year journey. And on this journey, many people received Jesus Christ. So it's a win. It's awesome. But just as many people opposed Paul and Barnabas, even to the point of violence. So on this great missionary journey, you know, you think, well, we're just going to preach the gospel. Well, in one town, Lystra, Paul was stoned nearly to death. Nearly to death. So that he got up and he continued the journey. Wow, what would we have done? So you see that there's those receiving, those not receiving. And so that, that's just what we expect from the cross. The cross is a great divide. On one side is... Death and darkness. On the other side is life and light. So, and it it fits with, you know, there's the death, the crucifixion, but this side is the resurrection. Okay, so we're always going to face those things. But as a Christian, okay, God has a plan, but what He's calling us to is that our job is to help people move. From the dark side over to the light side. That is our job. And we're his messengers. So, my title, God has a plan. God has a plan for all of that. And that's what he wants to reveal to us in the due time. So they began with very few details. Uh, They probably knew the region where they were going. Um... You know, did, did they hear a voice? That's a question we ask, right? We were in the men's Bible study. We, that was the question we asked. Did they actually hear a voice, you know, to do this? And we thought, you know, more than likely, probably not. Probably as they were praying, one of the guys, he has this thought, man, I just, I see Paul and Barnabas. They really, they have a heart for people. And uh, somebody else is saying, thinking in their minds the same thing as they're praying and worshiping God. So God is like putting ideas in them and giving them burdens and aspirations for things. And then uh, probably Paul just had this burning desire to go preach the good news up there in Turkey, right? And, And so as they're going along, they noticed this is the Holy Spirit telling us that Paul and Barnabas need to go on a journey. And so that's wonderful, you know, and that's that's kind of where we can learn from God as well as we're together and we're serving, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. So our human nature though doesn't like something in particular. Like if God said to you, I want to send you to some third world place, you know, where there's no good plumbing, (laughs) there's no good electricity, the food is, uh, well you have to catch your own, I'll put it that way. Uh, And God said go. So what is the first thing we're going to start thinking? We're going to start thinking, well that's great I want to serve God, but you know what, I need some details. (laughs) We want details. Why is that? Because once we get the details, then we can decide whether we're going to go or not. But that's not how how God operates at all. God operates in this way. I have a plan. I will show you exactly what you need when you need it. And I want you to be willing to go and trust me. I want you to trust me. But we don't like that, do we? We (laughs) want to see the whole thing. Um... It's crazy. Abraham in the Old Testament was a great example of this. Uh, Hebrews eleven eight 8 through 10 tells us that Abraham was called out of a land of idolatry and he obeyed. And check this out. But it tells us he didn't really know where he was going. Would you do that? Just get in your car and go? You know, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe some days at work, you, you've contemplated that. just gonna it's a bad day at work, just take off. I'm not coming back. <laughs> but Abraham did that. And so in thinking about Memorial Day uh, and this subject that we're on, it made me think of D- day June 6, 1944 okay That's the day that we stormed the beaches in France and drove the Germans out. It was a great day for the Allies, and it was also a day of, I think, uh, 9,000 American troops died that day. So, but my point where I'm going is, the Allied forces, the leaders, they planned D-Day for two years, two whole years. You think about it, most soldiers, they really didn't know about it completely until, like, probably just a couple months before it happened. And yet they were being trained. You know, the high command it would include probably the president, his ministers of defense, the generals. They knew this plan, but the soldier, the foot soldier, didn't know. But they had their training. And they're all about duty and honor, right? And they're about the mission. Give me my mission, and I'm going to do it no matter what it takes. That's what a good soldier's like. And so when the day came, D-Day, uh, they were prepared and they went in. But It's very similar to our Christian service. We have a duty, we have a mission, and all will be revealed in time, but we don't know the whole plan. But what do we do? We trust our commander. That's what we have to do. We have to do that. All right, so I have three main points. I missed that whole map thing, didn't I? (laughs) That's all right. All right, so I have three main points. God has a specific work for us, one. Two, the conditions of discovery. And three, discerning the next step. And by the way, that step is singular. It's not plural. It's not steps. It's step. (laughs) All right. So God has a specific work for us. Uh, The text said, the Holy Spirit said, set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So first of all, we mentioned it's not their clever plan that sent them. It was the Holy Spirit said that. And then he also, it says there, for the work. The work. It was not some nebulous thing. God had a specific plan for them. And God knew exactly what it was going to be. So to understand this work that they're being called to, and when I say what they're being called to, that means us too. Because we still live on this um, earth, and we follow the same Lord, and we have his scripture. So God's desire for mankind was for Fellowship. God loved the man and the woman that he created, Adam and Eve. They were created for relationship. And so I believe, you know, that's one of the reasons why Satan hates mankind so much. Is simply because of how much God loves us. Satan is angry. He doesn't like us. Because God's affection is upon you. He loves you. He loves every one of you so dearly. You know, those thoughts come in, right? How could God love me? But I'm telling you, <laughs> he loves you so much, he would send his son for you. And then uh, God's plans and the works that he calls us to are based upon God's eternal desire. Jeremiah 31.3, there it is. The Lord appeared to me, to him long ago, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore I have drawn you out with kindness. So from the very beginning, all eternity, God loved us, and he was drawing us. And God knows everything. God is infinite. You know, we were born so many, like 2,000 years later, from Paul and Barnabas. But God already knew you. He's infinite. He knows the past. He knows the present. He knows the future. He knows what you're doing tomorrow. He knows what you're going to do a year from now. And he knew us and he loved us. And he's been drawing you to himself. Why? Because his eternal desire is love. And I think that's one of the most amazing things that we know about God. Is that God wants a personal relationship with you. That's one of the most amazing things. I mean, creation is amazing. (laughs) Parting the Red Sea is amazing. But what's amazing to me is that this God, who's so great, actually loves me. He actually, and not just loves me, but he wants to be friends with me. He wants to have a relationship with me. That's an amazing thing. And, you know, I I didn't know this growing up. I didn't become a Christian until I was, um, how old was I? 20? Probably 20, yeah. My wife and I got saved a day apart in college. We went to the Bible study and we heard the gospel very clearly. But growing up, I didn't know this. I thought, you know, uh, I can't be good enough. I never felt good enough. And so why even try? You know, what's the point? All these people go to church where they're wasting their time. It's not helping him none. I see him outside of church. <laughs> I see what's going on. Um, so I just thought I wasn't good enough. And what's the point? And, but then I found out how much God loved me. I found out that Christ Jesus died. And what really got me was when I found out that Jesus was not just some victim. That's what I always thought. He was a nice guy, some victim, he died, whatever. No. Jesus walked to his cross. Jesus could have run away. You read through the Gospels, you study it. You see he could have left at any time and never been seen again. But that's not Jesus. That's not our Lord. He walked to the cross. He carried his cross. He bore the cross, and he did it willingly for you and I. So, how do you and I fit into this plan? Well, here's a broad answer. That is, we are his messengers to a lost world. John three sixteen, we sang it in worship. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How simple is this message? You know, we tell this message. It isn't complicated. Even a child can do it. You know, I I remember back, um, Grace was born, and she was about four years old at preschool, at Sue's job. And Sue went to pick up Grace one morning, or one afternoon, because she was there during the day. And uh, the lady said to Sue, and found out later she was a Christian, but she said, your daughter's a little evangelist. (laughs) like, what do you mean? She goes, she's out there telling all the kids that you have to get born again. <laughs> Even a four-year-old can do that, right? So it's not hard. Our job is its really not that difficult. It's not rocket science, really. But it's just us. We've got we to exercise the love that we have and the courage and get out there. So now the specific work that God has for us is where to take the message and to whom are we going to take it. So we know the overall thing is we're out there to tell people about Christ. Um, And that's what we need to do. Praise the Lord. What's the next slide over there? Yes, I like this. <laughs> this is a good one. So this, this is Romans ten thirteen through 14. This is a great verse if you want to share Christ with somebody who's not born again yet. And look at this, the words I underlined. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay, so there's a pattern here. Secondly, How then are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? Oh, we have a crisis. How are they to believe in him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? Or you could say a messenger. Today, preacher has bad connotations. It's a good thing in the Bible. Uh, It's a messenger. So if you take this backwards, okay, if we go backwards on this, kind of like the the country music record, if you play it backwards, you know, uh, your, your wife uh, comes home, your dog comes home, you know, you get your job back, all that kind of stuff. But this is different. So if we go backwards, um, so if you have no messenger, nope, go back, go back, back. Back, 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 there you go. So if we have no preacher, no messenger, go back to the next word, there's no hearing. If there's no hearing, there's no believing. If there's no believing, there's nobody that's going to call upon Jesus. And if there's no one calling on Jesus, nobody gets saved. Wow. So basically it's this. You need a messenger and a preacher for salvation or it ain't going to happen. So you got to look at, sometimes you have to see things backwards, too. I think there's a, a word for that. Dyslexia, right? All right, let's move on. Conditions of discovery. How do we discover a specific plan? It starts with obedience to what God has already revealed. And the church in Antioch was obeying. And we see, because they were ministering to the Lord and fasting. So, how are we going to discover his plan? First of all, uh, I like the verse. It says, while. Very important word, while. This didn't just happen. It happened while they were doing something. Very important. So what were they doing? It says, while they. And first thing I want to talk about is the importance of fellowship. Notice it's they. It's not while Paul was ministering. It's while they were doing it. It's so important to spend time with your brothers and sisters in Christ. I'll share with you the wise guys. Uh, we have the men's wise guys breakfast. Our secret creed is Proverbs thirteen twenty, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companions of fools will suffer harm. So we need each other. Iron sharpens iron. People need fellowship, they need connection. And I believe that one thing we're learning from the pandemic is that we need connection. We really need it. I saw something very sad on TV uh, about a week ago they had this young man, uh, young guy, he had to have been maybe 10, very articulate young man, and uh, they were interviewing him, and he was saying, you know, it's really sad, but I was in the grocery store, and I saw my teacher from school, and I went up to my teacher and I said, hi, Mrs. whatever, and uh, he goes, you know what? She didn't even know who I was. Ooh, that is so sad. And they said, why do you think that is? He said, because she had never seen my face before. Isn't that something? That's what we're coming out of. Things, we're going to have all kinds of things going on. And um, I just want to say this about COVID. Did God know about it? God knew all about it. He knew all about it. And so don't think for a minute that God doesn't have a plan for post-COVID. That he's going to use this to the advantage of the gospel. Why? Because we talk. God has an eternal desire. He wants to have relationship with people. He loves people. Praise the Lord. But that really touched my heart, that kid. (laughs) She's never seen my face. We need connection. And, you know, we can find connection in the fellowship of the church, you know. The church is a great place for people who may feel lonely, may feel down. Come around here, I'll tell you what. People will love on you. That's what, that's what we do. But then there was another while. First was they, okay, multiple people. While they were ministering and fasting. They were faithful to keep serving God. It's like Joshua, you know, the promise or the the call that Joshua made in the Old Testament. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the ministering part, it's really, I call it a big bucket (laughs) that contains worship, prayers, Bible study, helping and encouraging each other. And that's what they were doing there in Antioch. They were doing these things. It's awesome. Then fasting, that's the other thing they were doing. Fasting would indicate a very serious seeking of God and his will. So in other words, they were coming before God saying, Lord, we have a great message. Where, what do we do about it? Where are we going with this? So fasting is to temporarily put aside less important things, including food, and I'll say for a time, because, you know, you're going to pray and then you have to eat eventually. What, good, what things would be good for you and I to occasionally put aside? So I'm not going to ask you to, you know, to admit what it is here today. But well, we all have things that we could put aside once in a while, and things that aren't even bad. You know, I I love riding my bicycle, and uh, <laughs> it's just really funny what the way this went down. But my bike, uh, I, I broke a spoke, and to fix the spoke, first I have to order it. This takes time, right? I can't ride my bike while things are not right. And then I finally get the spoke, and I go to put it on, oh, I have to take the wheel apart. It was the back wheel. I have to take the sprocket off, all these things. So I do that. In the process, I end up dropping the ball bearings. <laughs> One thing led to another, and like a week and a half later, I still don't have my bike up and operational. But, you know, at the same time, there's been a lot going on um, just everywhere and in the church, and here I'm like, studying for this ministry today and it just dawned on me, you know what, God wanted me to put that aside for a little bit and he, he made the choice for me, you know uh, so any anyway, rate, everybody has things that we need to put aside and they're not particularly bad things, but sometimes we have to exercise our disciplines in Christ, you know so, and by the way, we talk about prayer. Prayer is more than just sending our list of things to God. i put it like this. Prayer is an exchange. It's an exchange. You know, Jesus told Nathaniel in, in the book of John, since you believed, you will see the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And so, I, I look at it this way. When we are involved in these spiritual disciplines Uh, fellowship prayer, Bible study, worship, especially worship is so important while we're doing these things there's an exchange and Christ is here the angels of God are ascending and descending upon him and so God has given us the things that we need and we're praying that he would do things for us And, and then people can be saved as well And so, by the way, did I put it up there? Probably the next slide. Uh, I don't think I put it there. I'll just say it. The next church prayer meeting, (laughs) plug for the prayer meeting, is Saturday, June 5th from 4 to 5.30. And it would be really great if we're there. And from this passage, you can see that when God's people get together to pray, there's things that start happening. And so, if you're uh, if you're feeling bored, come pray, see what God will do. He'll do great things. Uh, and so I just want to say, Paul is an incredible example for us of an exchange. <laughs> exchange, and and Paul basically through his life he learned that it's no longer I, it's Christ. Galatians 2:20. 2 Corinthians 5:14 Paul wrote for the love of Christ controls us. And that's because Paul was in tune with God in that exchange. And Paul, he got stoned in a particular place. That's why I probably should have put the map here. But the second to last city on the journey in Turkey was Lystra, and there Paul was stoned. It's an awful thing. They actually thought he was dead. Some say that maybe he was dead. Maybe that's where he saw the vision of, and went to the third heaven and heard things that he's not allowed to tell. <laughs> uh, you have to read about that. But then, as the believers came, they, it says he got up as the believers stood around him. What does that mean? I think that means they got there and they laid hands on him and prayed God, heal him, raise up our brother because he had been stoned. But here's one of the most amazing things about Paul, and you see this love of Christ in him that probably was never his own, because remember, he used to be the persecutor. Now he's the lover. (laughs) What a change. After that, he got up, he went to another city where they shared Christ there, and then now it was time to go home. And he stopped... They stopped at every city along the way, it says, to encourage and strengthen the believers. Now here's a guy who was stoned and taken for dead. I'll bet he had bruises. You know, I'll bet he had headaches. I'll bet he had uh, concussion. I'll bet he possibly had broken bones. And he's probably limping a little bit. But he did it, and this is what prayer can do. God gave him the strength. God gave him the energy. God gave him the words. And that's love. That is the love of Christ. And on a side note, personally, when I think about what I just said, I realize that most of my excuses are not very valid. (laughs) When you see what Paul did, oh my... Stub my toe. Oh, boy. Honey, get me something. <laughs> but God's love can do great things for us. So we need fellowship, prayer, Bible study, worship. These are vital to hearing God's call and to be prepared for his work. Then, thirdly, discerning the next step singular, not steps, plural. Why is that? Because God usually only tells us one step at a time. He wants us to trust him for the rest. In Acts 14.27, they came back to the church in Antioch and they reported, hey, God has opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And, you know, uh, it says in the book of Revelation, I don't know, trying to move on here, uh, but basically... Jesus has the key of David. He can open doors, and he can shut doors. And he can unlock, and he can lock the doors. You think you want to do this? He can lock it, and you won't do that anymore. You won't go there. So, it's amazing what, the way things work out. Um, I'll just give an example of, um, like, the men's ministry. You know, we tried for years to have a men's ministry. We thought, we'll get the men together, we'll do this, do that. And there never much happened. Um, We tried to have a Bible study. I think twice we did it. It stopped very shortly after. We couldn't figure out what to do. And so my point being, it was like a closed door. It was like a door was shut. We couldn't do anything. So maybe it wasn't the right time. So finally, uh, Ray and myself were probably the main ones that were pushing for this. Um, We thought, you know what, men, we like to talk, have fun, joke around, and we like breakfast. (laughs) Why don't we have breakfast? And we'll, we'll have it like every week or every other week and see who comes out. And you know what, that was probably four years ago, I'm guessing, right Gary? Yeah, Gary's one of our original founding members. And Jim, of course. Um, but it's been going on. And it's, it's been great. Uh, I think we felt like we were talking a sense of connectedness. Um, and then I'll tell you another story about how God reveals things. And sometimes you don't even know what he's doing, but he's doing something you find out later what it was. Um, we started talking about having a Bible study. And I said, okay, that's interesting. It's all failed before. And then I realized that people had trouble getting to the church. So we said, hey, you know what? What if we tried an online Bible study? You say, well, yeah, everything's online now. Meetings, every, but this was before covid before COVID really even hit, we started doing an online Bible study for men. And it was so cool that by the time COVID hit, it was, I felt like, man, God actually showed us what we can do to have connection during this time, and I didn't even know He was doing it. right? <laughs> we started before COVID, and now it was just amazing what God is doing. And by the way, we're still going, and we got. Uh, we've been through the book of Joshua, and now we're halfway through the book of Acts. Hence the sermon today. So, it's amazing when, if you just keep going, serving God, try to serve Him as best you can, and and especially with God's people. You know, we're good people. Um, God will lead you in ways that you had no idea. He really will. So. Do not ever be discouraged by a closed door, a shut door, all right? You hit a shut door, and it may be for us a Bible study. We may find it's going to be a shut door. The last study was just me and Jim, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. We had a great time, though. Him and I, we talked for an hour and a half. So I'll try to wrap this up because you're probably thinking I'm going to talk for an hour and a half now. So that's okay. but it may be a closed door so the point is don't be discouraged when you have a closed door that's just God showing you another way so look, always look for the open door and when God gives you an open door you don't think about it you don't go well yeah, I don't know you have to step through God's open door so you have to obey what you know Put it that way. So we have the uh, so what, the application. So what? So what means so what do I do about it? It's not so what. So what? Who cares? No. It's uh, it's what we're gonna do. So first of all, remember that believers in Christ are called to be His messengers to the lost. That's our job. We're messengers. Secondly, pray. God, please reveal your plan to me. And God, is there anything I need to do differently? And sometimes there is. Often there is. Show me the open door. And then thirdly, spend time with godly people as much as you can. And, of course, one more plug. There's my plug for the prayer meeting. Church prayer meeting, Saturday, June 5th, from 4 to 5.30. Remember, it's an exchange. God will pour out things to us uh, that we didn't even know. Well, praise the Lord. Um, as we close the meeting with the song, um, so I ask Alex to come on up. Uh, I'd like to pray for us, and then we'll have a song, and then the benediction will be done. So, however you want to pray, if you want to bow your head or close your eyes or both, first of all, If you have never asked Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior, I implore you to do it now. He is searching for you, and he asks, where are you? Where are you today? Jesus is here. He is near to you wherever you are. Ask him to be your Savior. And then tell somebody about it. That's very important. Tell them about it. And for those of us that have done this already... Do not be content with where you are. God has deeper and deeper depths of his love and wonders to reveal to you. Keep following Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we are grateful for your love that gave your son Jesus Christ to pray for our sins so that we can be reconciled back to you. He is risen from the dead, and that proves that we have eternal life in him. Father, let us be and help us to be your messengers. Help us to see the open doors and not be discouraged when the doors are closed, but simply to trust you, Lord. Trust our commander. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.